0: I'm recording so in both places.
1: That's what she said. Ooh, okay. Well, or she, and that's what you said.
0: Okay, Michael Scott. Is this gonna be our cold open?
1: Hi there everybody, welcome to this edition of bounds I'm John Luck here in my house chair and all that. Mary Evers in Parts Unknown. Um, Parts pretty, unknown. Looks like a pretty cool podcasting suite yeah. we got there.
0: We're BTV's new exclusive podcast suite that we've, um, well not we've, um, our, you know, Paul's been spending his entire quarantine away from us building it.
1: I mean many people were supposed to stay in their house, not leave except for vital important things mm-hmm. and we just had somebody build us a podcast suite so. He was alone,
0: he was social distancing. Not a big deal. Fine. Every, right. every, everyone's following the rules. You don't have to worry about that.
1: All right. So let's talk about one team that didn't exactly follow what they were supposed to, and that <laughs> is the, uh, the Boston Bruins there. your President's Trophy winners as, once again, they have uh, squandered another opportunity, losing to the Tampa Bay Lightnings in the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals, four games to one. Uh, overall, what are your initial thoughts from yet another Bruins uh, – dumpster fire as I have my black shirt on getting ready for the Bruins funeral
0: your morning um uh after that 7-1 game I knew it was over and and I don't want to be that person that blames the goaltending because quite honestly the the rest of the team weren't scoring anything either um uh, it, it was sad. It was depressing because they didn't start actually looking like a good team that wanted to fight and continue to stay in the playoffs until the end of the, the game that they lost um, in the two overtime game that it took to eliminate them. And it's, I get, I mean, I, I get that no one wants to be in the bubble, but it just seems like they were looking for an excuse to get out of there and they just didn't care anymore.
1: So typically, Bruins is spelled B-R-U-I-N-S. Oh, here we go. This year's team can be spelled F-R-A-U-D, because that's oh, what this Jesus. team was when they got into the bubble. And you can go ahead and say that the quarantine affected this team, because I think it did. Is this mm-hmm. the sole reason why this team lost in the second round in a convincing fashion. They won game one and then lost the next four games. Right. Really, except for game one. Anytime there was any adversity, be it a penalty call, uh, Yaroslav Halak giving up a bad goal, yeah. a chip, or a tip shot in for a goal, after that first goal, the Bruins caved in. Right. That's not the Boston Bruins that we're accustomed to seeing. No. You know, if somebody gets hit from behind, like Charlie McAvoy in game five, typically you see the Bruins go ahead and, um, you know, go after that player that did that. Didn't happen. No. You had Nick Ritchie being a complete idiot, oh, he was going terrible. ahead and boarding Gordon, which why would you it, why would you do that that late after he gets the puck out of the zone is beyond me.
0: The whole point of, of trading for Nick Ritchie in the first place was to get someone that was a little tougher on the ice because that's one thing that the Bruins have lacked this year. Despite, obviously, being the President's Trophy winners, they've had a lot of trouble with... How tough they've been, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of their guys are undersized there's a it's a very small team, very small and very old team um but Nick Ritchie didn't do what he was supposed to do. he just became a goon on the ice all most of the hits that he had were dirty. he had a ton of bad penalties, and i i I had no I, if they had just caught him right there, and I would have been thrilled because there's no place for that on the on the Boston Bruins. Yes, they needed to get tougher, but they needed someone to be tougher in a more like following the rules type of way. The what the Bruins needed was anyone with the last name Thornton. Joe Thornton, Sean Thornton, miss guys like that. Because they just they're either making bad penalties and putting people in danger in Nick Ritchie's case. Or they're just not standing up for themselves at all, which is depressing to watch.
1: Honestly, I would have rather had Blades, the Bruin, the mascot out there than Nick Ritchie. That's how bad it was. Yeah. I mean, the one thing he's going to be known for is after Gord, like I said, clear the puck out of his um, defensive zone. You can probably count up to three Mississippi, and that sounds childish, but you can count up to three Mississippi before Ritchie comes up and blindsides him oh, with a yeah, hit. Oh, definitely. This was a very undisciplined hockey team and you go back to a 7-1 game when I think it was Tory Krug got uh, tossed out of the game with a misconduct I mean granted there was probably 10-15 or 15 seconds left in a 7-1 game but this was a very undisciplined team. Yeah. Anytime adversity struck them they said forget this we're done. Now my question is where in the world are the defensemen on this Boston Bruins hockey team? It's a great question They were minus 17 on oh, the yeah. ice Okay, is it Daniel Chari, your captain? Let's do the math here. Plus one. All right, let's go from game one here. Okay. Minus one. Minus one. Zero. Zero. Plus one. He was plus one. I understand that he's a 43-year-old defenseman. Yeah. But Charlie McAvoy was a liability for the Boston Bruins here. Going back to the Carolina Hurricanes series, yeah. he was in the way of the goaltender. He mm-hmm. actually had a couple of pucks go off his stick and Into go the, behind Halak. Right.
0: Yeah. He he was absolutely zero help to Halak completely. It was in for that being your first line defensive pairing, that was it was tough to watch. It really was. And like you said, I, I think Charlie McAvoy was I, I don't know if it was more or less that. He's trying to help Halak defend the net in the way that he normally Rask would, but Halak wasn't prepared for whatever Charlie McAvoy was doing around him. And he was even getting in his line of sight, tipping goals in, or tipping pucks into the net. And he, he you're right, he was just a complete liability in that series.
1: And another thing that I noticed in this series, now granted, I'm a complete hoop head, not a hockey head, right. so basically the playoffs is the only time i actually watch hockey but the one thing i noticed especially after the second period of game one tampa bay just clamped down on the boston bruins anytime the bruins got the puck across their own blue line tampa bay was there to cut off the passes go ahead with odd man rushes and against a defense core like the bruins have they could just have their way with the boston bruins
0: oh a hundred percent and and Now, mind you, Tampa Bay is one of the best teams in the league. And honestly, they were the better team in that series, for sure. But the Bruins should have been able to fight back a lot more than they actually were. It looked like the Tampa Bay Lightning were playing the the Devils or something. It it, it did not seem like uh, the President's Trophy winner team. But to be honest, every time the Bruins win the President's Trophy, they become the exact opposite in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think it was something like the last six Presidents Trophy winners haven't made it past
0: the second the round.
1: Second round or the um, conference final. I think it was
0: the second round. Yeah, I mean, but, look what happened to Tampa Bay last year. They right. won the Presidents Trophy and then got swept in the first round. But so it's yeah. not just the Bruins. For some reason, being the Presidents Trophy winners just is it, like a curse for every team in the NHL.
1: I don't know what it was about this year's team, but I got the vibe watching them, especially after the round robin games. They walked in thinking that everyone was going to look at them as the President's Trophy winners. Everybody should bow down right. and, you know, go to their will. Unfortunately, you're dealing with hockey teams that also had to go away from their families. We'll talk about this in a little bit with the bubble. Yeah. They all wanted to be there in Toronto or Edmonton fighting for the most elusive trophy in sports. Yeah. The Boston Bruins walked in thinking they were entitled. Oh yeah. And that's weird for this team. Boston Bruins to feel entitled because you have Chara, Bergeron, right. Marchand, uh, Krejci, even Pasternak at this point. Right. They were part of those, you know, big bad Bruins days. Right. Now that now I feel like it's the big wuss Bruins here. Yeah, because, and
0: they walked yeah. into that round robin without like they made it seem like it wasn't important at all and did not show up for those games. And now, mind you, sure maybe the seating. Doesn't matter at the end of the day, but you should at least be war. Like they weren't, they should have been using those round robin games to get it, get themselves back to where they were pre quarantine. And they didn't do that. They just went out there and pretended that it was a game of street hockey.
1: So Boston was outscored in those three round robin games against Philadelphia, Washington, and, um, Tampa, Philadelphia. Yeah, you're right. Tampa. Sorry. Uh, they were outscored 9-4, to four, and granted that game against Philadelphia, Yaroslav Halak was the starting goaltender. Yeah, But getting back to this Tampa Bay series, this thing really took a turn in Game 3 because Tampa Bay, who was over 17 on the power play, mm-hmm. ended up scoring three power play goals, and granted one of them was because of that hit that we keep alluding to, right. but a lot of it just has to do with the opportunities that the Bruins gave the Lightning, and at some point, the Lightning had to get the puck in the net with a man advantage, right? And that's
0: an, and that's another thing against the McAvoy Chara uh defensive pairing because they're usually your your first the first pairing out there during a power play kill. And up until this series, the Bruins had one of the best power play kills in the league. And it's not of course it's not just McAvoy and Char, it's also, you know, Grizzlik and, and Krug and Carlo and I don't I don't know how often Clifton was out on a power play kill. It didn't seem like he was out there very often for one, but still, like not, none of them were being productive enough to actually stop Tampa Bay from getting those three power play goals.
1: And just the number of shots that Tampa Bay had over the Bruins, just look at the uh, three overtime periods here in game two of that overtime Tampa Bay outshot the Bruins nine to one in game five Boston outshot Tampa Bay 11 to seven and in double overtime Tampa Bay outshot the Bruins seven to one including the game winner right and I knew that the Bruins weren't going to win after I saw Nordstrom go behind the net when Vasilevsky screwed up Mm -hmm. and he went behind the net all Nordstrom had to do was scoop around right in the net but then uh Sergeyev there put a stick in the way and at that point I knew game over for yeah. the
0: Bruins. Yeah, oh, and you know what? You know what the Bruins definitely did not deserve this year? Bubble Krejci. That man bailed them out so many goddamn times. <laughs> and he tried so hard to keep them in it. Patrice Bergeron was non-existent in that game. I don't think I heard his name once. But you never stopped hearing about Krejci. He was always, always, always being productive. Whether it was assists or goals... And I mean, especially in the Carolina series, but in game five, it was, I mean, he got one assist and one goal in those, the two goals that they actually had, but, and Marshand had a couple of, like, opportunities that he never converted on, and, I mean, obviously, Pasenak had one goal, but the top line was, uh, wasn't doing, wasn't perfection, I'll tell you that. Definitely was not perfection.
1: It was garbage. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, was text, I was texting with a buddy of mine during one of the games, and I suggested maybe moving Crazy up to the top line just to kind of shake things up a little bit because the Bruins were just kind of stuck in their own positions, right. which that's not going to win you a series against Tampa Bay. After the second period of game one, Tampa Bay outscored the Bruins 19-8. to eight. Oh, And a lot of that, as I mentioned, thanks to that uh, game 3-7-1 to one blowout. But right. um, Tampa Bay defenseman plus 17 in the series. Did the Bruins choke? Um, as far as the bubble experience goes. Oh,
0: 100%. They killed. There there's no there was no excuse for them to get in there and not play well because you can't say, "Oh, well, you know, we're quarantining and we couldn't get on the ice." To... But no team could get on the ice unless some player had a rink in their backyard and were living somewhere that it wasn't summer like for the rest of us. There's absolutely no way that they weren't not on, like they were on the ice. So I don't want to hear that be an excuse because every single person, every single team was on the same playing field. And theoretically, the Bruins should have been better just because they had been better this season, but they were a whole lot worse than a lot of teams. I and mean, look at the New York <laughs> Islanders, guys. Who thought that they were going to beat the Capitals? I didn't think that they were going to beat the Capitals, and now they're up 3 games to 2 on Philadelphia.
1: Listen, when we talk about players having the ability to go practice, I mean, look at Matt Grislick. He can just go down the street to Charlestown. He can do some street hockey, some roller hockey. You know, just because you know, he can
0: do that doesn't mean he was because, one, I think he lives in Southie now and not in Charlestown. And, two, all those places Marty Walsh had, like, locked up in Boston because he didn't want anyone playing basketball or playing hockey when uh, the city was on lockdown.
1: Listen, Jimmy Jacobs is a man that had a lot of fortune he basically laid off all of the employees. I'm sure he can go ahead and pay off uh, Marty Walsh to go ahead. and open- Jeremy Jacobs
0: does not care about the individual players on the Bruins. I guarantee you Jeremy Jacobs could not name Matt like He could not pick him out of a lineup.
1: Oh, that's not fair. He's like 117 years old here.
0: N- okay. No one, None of his, like, six kids that are apparently all running the team together because that always works well when you put six different people in charge of the same thing.
1: It's worked well for... I mean, the Red Sox—they have seventeen people running their operations. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It works so well for the Red Sox. That's why the Red Sox are doing
1: so well right now. <laughs> Twelve and twenty. Twelve and yeah. In. Yeah. 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 What yeah. an embarrassment. I've decided.
0: Uh, I've decided to change uh, teams for the MLB this year. Uh, I'm all in on San Diego. My man Mitch Moreland's out there now. Not to mention they've got Don Arcillo. So come on in. Go Padres. <laughs>
1: The best thing about Donna Sillow in San Diego is the uh, dancing video with him and uh, his partner there, yeah. I think it's Mark Grant. Yeah. If you haven't watched that, go watch that on YouTube because it's among the most entertaining two and a half minutes on uh, Twitter.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll retweet it on our Twitter so you can there see go.
1: At OOB New England. Yep, that's um, our Twitter. Yep. Uh, did the refs screw the Bruins here? And a lot of people are saying this because of the Richie hit. Um, you know, because you had the referee actually get in the middle of a play that ended up being a goal, and then also McAvoy in Game 5 uh, mm. not getting a penalty called after he got basically boarded into the corner.
0: Um, I do, I, the refs did the right thing calling the Richie hit. That was disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. There's no reason for them not to call that. They should have called the McAvoy hit. There's, And they said it's because McAvoy was turning... Right before he got hit, so he got in the he actually got in the way, but his head was still down. I I, I don't understand how that's um, not a blatant pe- penalty. But I don't think them not calling the McAvoy hit is what wins this for the Bruins. I really don't. Like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that that was the one thing that was the reason why they lost Game Five because they were gonna lose Game Five anyways.
1: Seventy-seven to fifty. That is the. as far as penalty minutes goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boston had 77 penalty minutes, and a lot of that was thanks to McAvoy, crude misconducts, Richie for roughing. But honestly, in sports, it's very difficult to blame the ref for anything. This goes back to my original point about the Bruins being this very entitled bunch that anytime they faced adversity, they just basically phoned it in. After that goal, when the referee basically got in the middle of the two players, that's when the Bruins should have buckled down Bring out that big bad Bruin mentality. Have Jake DeBrusque check somebody who, I mean, Jake DeBrusque was relatively invisible in this series. I didn't really see yeah. a lot from Jake DeBrusque in this second round.
0: But that, that's just Jake DeBrusque's Jake Debresque's career in a in a sentence. He'll have weeks that he's super hot. He'll score multiple go- goals, and then you won't hear about him again for a month. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's right, Jake DeBrusque is still on this team.
1: But I don't think the refs screwed the Bruins here. I think no. the Bruins screwed the Bruins. percent oh, And, you know, just to go back to a prior point here, a lot of people look at the schedule because the Bruins had potentially two back-to-backs. If they actually played as a real hockey team, they would have had game six and seven as right. back-to-backs. But every team in the second round had a back-to-back to play. So mm-hmm. it's not like the Bruins were picked out. It's not like the Bruins were being selected out of all eight teams here. You know, that's the thing I've noticed about hockey fans and a lot of the hockey writers, especially this year. They all feel slighted anytime anything goes against the Bruins. Uh, You look at Nesson, you had the uh, studio show there say that the hit by Richie was completely clean, that there shouldn't have been a penalty called. And, you know, I I read a couple of writers on Twitter that said that it was unfair that the Bruins had to play a back to back and, you know, the league's trying to stick it to the Bruins here. What, I, I what don't mentality have that. Bruins fans gotten over the past five years? I don't understand
0: that because, in that, like, if the Bruins have a back-to-back, that also means the other team has a back-to-back. So, theoretically, again, they should be on the same playing field. You would and think now, that. Now, mind you, yeah, I know that a lot of the Bruins are older, and I guess the TB12 method isn't really doing amazing stuff for Char anymore. But I, I... I I I just everyone who wants to completely make excuses is just, you know. They just don't want to think that the Bruins, cup, window is closed and eh, it might be.
1: We'll get there. Eh, it might be. That that thing is uh that's that's closing there. It's, it's
0: it's a little crack. It's it's still it's like you you know like when it rains and you don't want your room to get wet. But you don't want to close the window, so you make sure there's like a little bit of room for airflow. That's what the Bruins Stanley Cup window looks like right now.
1: I, I, I mean, usually I close the window, unless it's one of those overnight rains, just leave that open. The rain just comes right in, Pelty in the face. That's... That's how you want to wake up in the morning.
0: <laughs> You're an odd person.
1: Speaking of odd people, let's talk about the goalie <laughs> of your Boston Bruins, Tuka Rask. Oh, that guy. He, I remember him. Uh, he banged out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. there was a family issue, and... Right. Listen, if it's a real family issue that they were lives at risk, then you know we don't want to political this. But no. a lot of people look at Tukarask as the reason why the Bruins are going home early.
0: Again, I, I sure, I think maybe they would have gone seven games with Tukarask, but considering the offense was not being productive enough to score any goals, to score amount an amount of goals that would win you a hockey game. I don't completely blame it all on the goaltending. And I also don't blame it on Halak, because God knows Halak did not go into that bubble thinking he was ever going to play, because they did the same thing last year when they were in the playoffs. Bruce Cassidy played Tuka Rask every single game, and that's kind of the point of having a goalie like Halak on the team, is that during the regular season, they can load-manage Tuka enough to know that when the playoffs come, he's going to be ready. He was not ready when he got here. I don't think he even looked at hockey stick while he was in quarantine, because I quite honestly think that he did not think that they were going to play hockey again this year. I really don't. And that's probably why, when it came down to it, he was like, what am I doing? I mean, I'm sure, like, obviously there were some family issues there, but I'm sure a part of them didn't want to be there before these issues arose, and when they did, he was like, yeah, that's it, I can't. I can't do this anymore.
1: We talked about this... Right before the restart, I think it was, Tukaras did an interview with the three Vesna yeah. trophy finalists, and he said something along the lines of, um, You know, don't expect me to play every minute. I broke my finger or I sprained my finger or something like that. I got right. injured before the break here. Tukaras was making um, excuses oh, yeah. before even getting into the bubble. Yeah. And. This just kind of goes back to the whole long line of Tukorask issues. If you watch the show, you know exactly where I'm going here. Oh, buffalo here we go. Wings, Chicago, oh, Game 6. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I mean, every, every time
0: with the goddamn Buffalo Wings.
1: Buffalo Wings are funny, and it's even more funny when your goalie gets a tummy ache because he ate so many Buffalo Wings the night before that he can't actually play, and he has 37 pounds of pads on his pants. John,
0: didn't Paul Pierce once have to be wheeled off the court because he shit his pants?
1: That was a rally cry. Yeah, okay, sure, yeah. That's what it was about. I'm
0: going to pretend that I'm hurt, so everyone panics and thinks that we're going to lose this, and then after I've used the bathroom and got a new set of pants, I'm going to walk back on my own and pretend that my knee was never hurt because it was never hurt.
1: Listen, I've never played basketball competitively in my life, but I can only imagine after getting a fresh pair of shorts on in the middle of the game, (laughs) you know, you're going to be shooting lights out, okay? Oh, sure,
0: that's what it is. It's the shorts. It's the shorts. (laughs)
1: Let's talk about Tuka Rask here. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Honestly, I don't know how this guy can come back to Boston after the way A, he left. And again, if it's for family reason and it comes out that there were some serious issues, then give him a little bit of a pass here. But I don't think there's any way Tuka Rask can seriously come back and play in the TD Garden Mm -hmm. as the Bruins starting goalie. And we put a poll out on our Twitter um, page that, I believe it was 58% of those that uh, answered the poll said, no, they don't want to. Rouse to come back. Oh, uh, really?
0: The last time I checked it, 100% of the people said that they didn't want Tuka Rouse to come back. I the problem know. with Tuka is just that he he doesn't care about winning a cup. He doesn't. Even before this year. Like, he didn't care last year. All, when they lost in Game 7, everyone was, like, on the ice crying. And there's Tuka's like, peace, I'm going to go golf now. I'll see, I'll see you guys in a couple months.
1: Okay, so the, the poll did change. It's 50-50 now. It's oh, a 50-50 is it? split, yeah. which is kind of indicative of Rask's playing career here with the Boston Bruins. I'm just
0: saying that the last draft, the Bruins drafted in the first round a new goalie who was a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award. And I know he's not going to be ready next year or even probably the year after that, but the future is already in the system. So if they want to get rid of... Rask and like rebuild while Halak is just like carrying on f- by a thread. And you know, poor Dan Vladar will maybe be able to get a chance to play a game where it's n- they're not down 5 1 and it's his first NHL game ever in the playoffs. Um, I, I will not be surprised and I probably won't be terribly upset if Tukaras never plays for the Bruins again.
1: All right, I want to turn to Brad Marchand now, who at who he was at the um table or the podium there in toronto after the game five loss yeah and he had some uh, very interesting quotes here saying quote it's very dip- disappointing we had a great year obviously it's been a very different playoff schedule and it was a lot of time off but we have a hell of a team and we expected better out of this year we thought we had a chance to do something it goes on to say tampa has a great team don't get me wrong don't want to take anything away from them they have a great team but the way things were rolling throughout the season, we thought we were going to go all the way. It's a huge sacrifice to come to the Toronto bubble. The guys had to really dedicate a lot of time and effort to be here. It's kind of a waste of time now. we spent the last three months getting ready for this, being here. and We walk away without anything to show for it. It's tough, and you never know how many opportunities you're going to have to win a cup. We never know if we're going to be back in the final again or in even the playoffs again. Every opportunity missed, it hurts. and that kind of goes back to everything we've been talking about right. the past 25 minutes. Yeah. Brad Marchand thought that he was supposed to be there. He thought that he was you know going to get special treatment from everybody and everybody would, would just kind of bow down to the Bruins and let them go all the way to the cup final. And right. I think there was even a little bit of a cheap shot to Tuukka as well in that quote.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't think they're ever going to like we said, like obviously no one knows the exact details of what's going on with Zuccarasc and his family, but I don't think anyone's gonna sit there and blame him. But when you're in, you're in that that mindset. You've just lost. You've just been eliminated from the playoffs, and immediately you gotta go and face the cameras, even if they're not actually technically there and it's a Zoom call. Emotions are gonna be high, and you're gonna say things that you maybe shouldn't say. And saying that it was a waste of time is probably high on the list of things that he shouldn't have said. Now, I understand where he's coming from because I'm sure someone who has two young children and a wife at home, it's not easy to go separate yourself from them as on for months at a time. And obviously, had they won a cup, it probably would have been a lot more worth it. But like I said, its I, I don't think if, if he, they had had that interview the day after the game instead of right after the game, he probably wouldn't have said anything like that.
1: I think Brad Marchand is one of those guys that he'll tell you what he's thinking whenever he probably would have said that the day after, maybe with a little less spice to that quote, but I think he would have said something along those same lines Right. because there was frustration there. I mean, this Bruins team has had a history of um, these collapses here. I went back to 2010 and going backwards here from this season, a conference semifinals loss, a Stanley cup final loss, conference semifinal loss, conference quarterfinals loss, didn't qual- qualify for the playoffs, didn't qualify for the playoffs, conference semifinals lost, Stanley Cup final loss, conference quarterfinals loss. Okay, this team had a lot of the core on this year's roster mm-hmm. over the past 10 years. Yeah. And they still weren't able to get past the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe the Bruins fans and a lot of the league are maybe giving a little too much credit to this roster.
0: I, th- I think what happened, and... I could be completely wrong, but what it seems to be happening is that they obviously were relying on their core older players, Marchand, Bergeron, Chara, Krejci. And I don't think that the younger players matured in their gameplay quickly enough to meet those older players before the older players started to deteriorate, if that makes sense. For so long, the older players have been carrying this team, and to an extent, Krejci kind of still was in this postseason. But Bergeron certainly wasn't. Martian kind of was, and Char 100% wasn't. Now that these younger guys like Coyle and mm, kind of DeBrusque, I guess not, depending on what day of the week it is, and and Corrali and Wagner... They have finally started to, like, get into their own game and solidify themselves as players, but it's too late. Now all of a sudden Bergeron and Marchand and Krejci have turned into the the end of their career. And I think last year when they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals was the only year that those two groups had met and were perfectly even with each other.
1: So I was listening to 98.5 yesterday, <clears throat> uh, Felger and Maz, and Michael Felger made a great point. The Tampa Bay Lightning... You know, they were the number two seed, I think, coming into this bubble before the round robin took place. And they really realistically could have been the president's trophy winner. The problem is the Bruins, after that game seven loss at home to the Bru- to the uh, Blues in the final, they started the season pissing vinegar and right. just taking care of the entire NHL. Yeah. The Lightning, they slowly got things going in the first month of the season. Right. And maybe they were still in their peak when they got into the bubble. Yeah,
0: I, I, and it looks like what the Bruins did is exactly what happened to the Lightning last year. They got too ex- obsessed with being the best team in the regular season that they forgot to get themselves ready for the playoffs.
1: So I think there's one interesting question to ask now, Okay, and that is, is the Bruins' window closed?
0: We already kind of talked about this a little bit. I think there's still a little wiggle room um, for now... But it's going to depend on how this offseason goes for them. I think Char is done, as sad as it, as it is to say that. But, I mean, he's barely moving on the ice anymore. And in the last couple of years, he's had year-to-year contracts, and he usually resigns one for the next year, halfway through the, the season that they're in. He didn't do that this year. He's been taking kind of pay cuts um they've only been paying him about a million dollars a year which is i mean for someone of his level is probably a lot lower than he should be at um so i think he's been like kind of slowly weaning himself off and it seems like this is kind of the end of the road for him and then you have the the problem of tory krug being uh unrestricted free agent this year he's going to want a lot of money depending on the uh, the Rask situation is whether or not the Bruins are going to be able to pay him. Because if, if they get rid of Rask somehow, whether they trade him, but I don't see anyone wanting to trade for him, or maybe they will make him available in the expansion draft when Seattle has to put its team together, that wouldn't totally surprise me. But I think if they lose Rask's money somehow, they'll be able to keep Tory Krug.
1: Well, here's the thing. When you look, talk about the Bruins window being open or closed, you have to look at the teams that are in the Bruins division. Right. And you still have the Tampa Bay Lightning in the same division as the Bruins. You still right. have the Maple Leafs in one of these years.
0: No, one of these no, years, no, no, no. That's Maple nev-
1: Leafs have to get it right. That's never
0: going to happen. It's there's, the talent
1: they have. They have to get it right.
0: One of my favorite accounts to follow on Twitter is the it's how long has it been since the Leafs have won a Stanley Cup, and every single day they just update it. And now recently they have been, like, astrogating it, and it's like in this amount of days since they lost their own backup goalie. So, so you <laughs> they're never the, going to win. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, you have the Lightning, you have the Maple Leafs, who I think are eventually going to get there. Um, in the Eastern Conference, you still have teams like Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm islanders i think at this point with their uh, goalie tandem that they have right yeah, now yeah,
0: they seem to be doing really well
1: so i think you have to be careful when you talk about maybe a potential rebuild here mm-hmm. and i think maybe it's just a retooling because there are some tough decisions that the bruins are going to have to make coming up right in the not too distant future and you mentioned one of those is the goalie situation um because I looked at the unrestricted free agents for the goalie position this year and there were some interesting names yeah uh, Jacob Markstrom from Vancouver Robert Laner from the uh, Golden Knights who's been on fire during the playoffs mm-hmm. Braden Holtby the Bruins uh, nemesis there maybe you can yeah. sign him if we can't beat him we'll sign him right um, and then maybe a couple of goalies I think you'll look at here Corey Crawford and Anton Hudobin who played four seasons <sighs> it's, it's... with the Boston Bruins
0: yeah. I didn't know that um, Podobin was an unrestricted free agent. That's interesting.
1: Well, this is according to Sports Illustrated, so I, I don't I'm know sure these I, hockey stats off the top so of this, my head. So, so, so. This, is,
0: this is a problem with, like, ESPN or uh, any of the sports places that none of them know hockey. So, like, nine times out of ten. like there th- At one point, I think it was the Carolina series, they went to overtime, uh, the 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 hurricanes and the bruins and after the first overtime when no one had won yet they were like oh game's going to shootout the espn thinks that i was like no they're not that's not how playoffs work but i'm glad
1: you're at I least trying it to work pay after attention. that five overtime debacle
0: no you know apparently i said i read this on twitter and now i like i have no idea if this is actually real or not but apparently in the nhl rules if it gets to seven overtimes it had a second puck it's never happened before, <laughs> but I kind of was hoping in that game with the Bruins and the Lightning that they would get to 7-04 times just to see what it would be like. That would be
1: awesome. Wouldn't it I think that's kind of like the XFL rule. Yeah. Uh, before they went bankrupt for the second time, they were going to have two <laughs> balls on each end zone. Yeah. And you could – I think you were going to have two different games being played.
0: Yeah, at the same time. <laughs>
1: We still Uh, got time here. I mean, anything happened in 2020, seven overtime game going to a two puck game.
0: Yeah, that would that would be fantastic. I would I would love that.
1: Uh, So of the remaining teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, which one do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup final?
0: Realistically, probably the Lightning. I would love to see the Golden Knights win the Cup, though, because they've been so good since they've joined the league. You never see an expansion team do this well this quickly. I mean, their first year, they were in the Cup Finals. Now, it was just poetic justice that Alex Ovechkin finally got his Stanley Cup. But I think it would be great to watch the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup this year.
1: That was the best celebration ever, mm-hmm. watching Alex Ovechkin oh, celebrate with the there's, Stanley Cup. There's
0: nothing more heartwarming than seeing Alex Ovechkin, like, spooning with the Stanley Cup on the flight back to Washington after the Stanley Cup.
1: Listen, of all the things he could have ended up spooning with in Las Vegas, a Stanley right. Cup trophy, exactly. not the worst thing in the world.
0: No, I'm sure his wife was happy that that's what it was.
1: <laughs> I'm going Tampa Bay as uh, one yeah. of my favorites, like you said. Um, <clears throat> Andre Vasilevsky, fourth oh, among goalies still playing he's so in the playoffs good. and goals against average 1.91, but a sneaky team. They completely obliterated the Dallas Stars in the mm-hmm. last game. The Colorado Avalanche, Nathan yeah. McKinnon leading all scorers 23 points. Miko Rantanen, third among players scoring in the playoffs with 18 points. And Kale Maker, rookie. Uh, has had six assists in the first five games against the Dallas Stars. So I think if you can set, if you can set up a Colorado Tampa Bay Stanley Cup Final, that's going to be really fun to watch. Right,
0: and um, I obviously I didn't watch the beginning of that Dallas Colorado game because the Bruins were still playing at that point. But I they had the score ticker. In the, in the like, right below the Bruins score bar. And I was like, every time I looked up, it was, oh, score alert. And they were up another goal. And I was like, holy crap, what happened to Ben Bishop? Did he just phone it in tonight,
1: I guess? Because
0: he had been playing really well up until that point.
1: Looks just like game three between the Bruins and the Lightning. Goal, 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 (laughs) goal, goal. Uh, So just quickly here, I want to go down... The salary cap hit for 2020-2021 for the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Uh, because there are some tough decisions that I mentioned have to be made. Right. So going forward here, I'm going to name a player. Tell me if you think he'll be on the team or not. Um, David okay. Krejci, $7.25 million, the highest paid player on the Boston Bruins.
0: He'll be on the team.
1: I think so, too. Uh, patrice bergeron he's going to be the captain so i'm just going to skip him yeah he's david paschenak 6.66 million not exactly a good omen to get all sixes but, but his he's, contract expires after 2022 2023 he's, he he'll stay
0: because that's who they're going to have to they're build the new team around like they built their first team around patrice bergeron and god knows it lasted 15 years and that's insane but paschenak's going to be the new bergeron except for he definitely won't be a captain
1: um marshan 6.25 million this is interesting because i've heard people say maybe it's time to let him go Uh, i don't know i don't know
0: i i i would like to see him stay but who knows we'll see
1: i mean his size is gonna really catch up to him as he continues to get older I i think maybe he has one more year so at this point i think that if you get the right deal be it for uh draft picks or maybe you can get a backup goalie work with Halak. who knows um coyle's probably going to stay with the bruins uh yeah. andre kasha 2.6 million a restricted free agent after next season
0: i don't know i think he might go
1: that's a cheap enough uh salary i think the bruins can try and make something work yeah you know, have them hang out there on the second line maybe move them up to the first line if you make an in-season trade uh <laughs> this is gonna be good. Twenty-four year old making one point five million dollars, Nick Ritchie.
0: Oh bye, see you later. Don't want him around <laughs> anymore. I I I think that if if you're gonna keep the older guys, you're gonna want the new guys in now. So any guys in Providence that they think are gonna actually do well for themselves, I mean a lot of them are on the team already. Staneka and Bjork and um Oh god, I'm missing one of them. Name is You're just... the person, I know, so I have... and the name his name is just flown correctly, like, completely out of my head. Um, anyways, the other guy,
1: <laughs> um, Joe Schmo over there, yeah,
0: that dude. Um, they're gonna, I think that they're gonna want them to be playing as like day in, day out players, um, starting next year because they're gonna want to get these young guys up and ready before Bergeron, Krejci, and Martian actually leave.
1: All right, let's go down the list of uh, free agents coming up here this off season. Uh Nordstrom, I think they'll probably let him go. Yep. Jake DeBrusk, a restricted free agent this off season.
0: He's going to be go- I don't think he's, I, he stays. I, I think that Jake DeBrusk will be the one that is really going it, to – it's going to suck because, I mean, he's a system guy that they thought was going to be a big difference on the team, but he just hasn't been. He really hasn't been.
1: See, I think if they can get the right deal, and that's the good thing about a restricted free agent, he mm-hmm. can get – a number from another team he goes back to the Bruins the Bruins can choose to match it if they want if it's low enough I think they try and hold on to him but if you're starting to talk about Jake Debrusque as a three million dollar plus player adios amigo yeah um Torrey Krug this is a very interesting one unrestricted free agent. a lot of talk about him going to Detroit
0: I think the Bruins want to keep Tori Krug but I don't necessarily think they're going to be able to
1: all right, uh, Chara. I'm guessing he's, he's either gone. retiring yeah. or he's gonna take like a seventh defenseman, hanging up on the ninth floor. He's there. gonna he's gonna
0: follow the TB12 method and go to Tampa Bay.
1: I mean, Tampa Bay's been killing New England. You have I know uh, the Buccaneers taking Tom Brady, and you have the Lightning knocking out the Boston Bruins out of the playoffs. Uh, you know
0: what I'm living for though? The Tampa Bay Rays destroying the Yankees on a day in day out business uh, basis except for it, I except for the yankees were headhunting for the Rays last night which was insane and that's why the yankees are the worst organization in the league
1: more importantly they didn't recognize social distancing nope that's all i had to say nope <laughs> uh and then fi- finally here your buddy mac a oh, restricted no. free agent this off season. yeah i mean your your card to charlestown might be restricted if you get the wrong uh, answer here
0: i know and they might not let me back in uh I, Matt Grislich like has never played hockey outside of Boston, except for once he was like in one of the, like the junior world things. He but he's got he's got a kitchen cup and he's got a bean pot. Yeah, I would really want to see him win a Stanley Cup in Boston. And I think if they get rid of Tori Krug, they're going to need to keep Matt Grislich because he plays the same side of the ice as Tori Krug and Zidane Chara. So if they're both gone. Someone's going to have to play with Charlie McAvoy. And considering him and Charlie McAvoy have played on the same defensive pairing before, that might be your best bet for getting ready for the future.
1: I think you have to at this point. If you're going to have Chara go, Krug go, yeah. have some sort of normalcy there. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's our discussion on hockey. We still have a few minutes to go here. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of trying to figure out with this podcast. You know, try and get some pop culture in. Yeah. But then we figured out very interesting fact when it comes to pop culture, I know nothing about. You pop know culture. absolutely. You've
0: never seen a single movie. I'm pretty sure.
1: I um, seen movies. It's just they're all bad. We had
0: to force you to watch Spaceballs on your birthday last year because you had never seen it.
1: Okay, and, that one worked out pretty well for yeah. everybody, because on my birthday we got to actually watch Spaceballs movie mm-hmm. at work. At work, okay. and we
0: wa- We got pizza and we got ice yeah. cream. <laughs> It was like I, an 8-year-old's birthday, I turned 30, not a 30-year-old. 10, <laughs> if I know. you look
1: at the uh, schedule.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we had fun. But yeah, you've never seen um, basically any movie. Uh, the one thing that you're very pop-culturally adept at is The Office. Um, and yeah, I when my I
1: mother too. I watched that one like four times
0: right through. and when I found out you're an office guy I suggested that you watch Parks and Rec because it's the same style same era same not the same brand of comedy but also but a very decent brand of comedy dry humor um, and for any of you that are listening that are from Bridgewater where we are right now you would find a, a lot of similarities selective. between <laughs> Bridgewater's residence page and the residence of Pawnee, Indiana in Parks and Rec um <laughs> so I tried to get John to watch Parks and Rec and we started it in January, I believe. Um, we watched one episode a day until quarantine hit. And then John probably stopped watching Parks and Rec and I had finished it within the first two weeks of quarantine on my own. Oh.
1: Unfortunately, there's other stuff on. I gotta watch the news, gotta make sure...
0: There was no sports on, though. You had, you had ample time.
1: I watched classic Monday Night Football games, Celtics games from 2002... Oh, my God. Uh, ...2008. And, but okay, those were the classic games you gotta watch. The
0: real question is, so, so do you remember where you stopped in Parks and Rec? I think
1: it was... Happy Season 4 episode. I think. All right, so
0: you actually got further along than I thought because I was going to ask you I was like, have Rob Lowe and Adam Scott gotten on on the show yet for you?" because I didn't think they had.
1: Yes, they are on the show and okay. watching Adam Scott on Don't, that kind of gives me a new appreciation for his character.
0: Yeah, yeah, Adam Scott's great. Uh Adam Scott has a podcast too. His it's like you talk you two to me and it's an, a U2 based podcast, which I appreciate. Uh so Bill
1: Belichick was part of a subway commercial this was a couple months ago the picture got leaked of him eating a foot long on a bench for a scump style but we finally (laughs) saw the commercial and i was kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see belichick actually eating i'm sure there'll
0: be another one they usually if they they do like um commercials with one person they'll usually do like three or four because if you remember the amazing Dunkin' donuts commercials with Gronk and David Ortiz from a couple years ago. There was a couple of those, but I think they all filmed in the same time. So I'm sure as time goes by, we'll see more of them. But the one that we did see was him cutting the shirt sleeves off of some guy that he meets that in the was street awesome. because he's not eating the right food. Uh, that was terrible.
1: Just imagine what he did to Tom Brady with the TV 12 minutes. Hilton
0: Belichick has sold his soul, and he's just trying to prove that he's fun now that Tom Brady's gone.
1: Listen, Bill Belichick seems like one of the most fun guys, okay?
0: Uh, Yeah, very fun. And that's another thing about Parks and Rec. Ron Swanson is basically Bill Belichick.
1: There's some things about Ron Swanson I don't want to be true about Bill Belichick. Like what? I don't know if I want Bill Belichick to have two Tammies. What is. The wife there.
0: Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, no, I know, but I was just thinking, what is Bill Belichick's wife's actual name? Is it Tammy? That'd be funny. (laughs) I doubt it i don't think oh no it's linda 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 is linda
1: i think that was one of Brady's audible calls actually
0: linda it's probably peyton mannings peyton manning likes to, f- to screw with bill belichick uh all
1: right.
0: my real favorite so, quarterback
1: <laughs> we learned the official cast of dancing with the stars yep. uh this morning wednesday september 2nd and i'm a pop culture moron right. but mary actually knows a significant amount of pop culture i think sure yeah i do all right so what we're gonna do is i'll read you the cast and you tell me what what they're, they're from? known for oh, okay right. we'll go with that man.
0: or what i know them from because sometimes <laughs> you'll like say people and they're like oh they were in that show and i was like yeah but they had that like five second cameo in that movie that was really good five years ago listen
1: the last movie i saw in the movie theater was ghostbusters the remake so
0: oh geez that was Not i remember I, I remember walking through boston when they were filming that and like trying to get around the the Teamsters and trying to see Melissa McCarthy because I love <laughs> Melissa McCarthy.
1: <laughs> Alright, so let's go through the cast here. Nev Shulman, thirty five years old.
0: Are you talking is he it is on it, with the Stars. Isn't it Neve? I'm okay, pretty sure Niamh. he's in that show, um oh god, my mom watched it but I didn't. Um Ray Donovan, I think.
1: Uh, catfish is what we're looking for. Catfish. TV oh, that show.
0: guy. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I got him mixed up with someone else. I remember that guy. That guy was the original guy that got catfished, and then he made a TV show out of it.
1: I, I think it's like the New Day Dateline to Catch a Predator book. I can't wait
0: to not know any of these. And I'm going to look like an idiot for saying I know what pop culture is.
1: Oh, yeah, I have to bring it down with me here. Right, yes. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Sky Jackson.
0: She was a Disney Channel actress. Um, she right, was well, in Jesse, I think.
1: All right. That's correct. Yep. All right. Uh, She's actually really talented. Jesse Metcalf.
0: That is Laurie Metcalf's daughter. She's the mom in Young Sheldon. Uh,
1: I think. uh, No, no, it's Desperate Housewives. Oh,
0: that's a different Metcalf then. Never mind. Completely,
1: because I think that was a handyman on uh, Desperate Housewives if I watched properly on GMA this morning.
0: I've never seen Desperate Housewives, so I have no idea. I can't remember what Laurie Metcalf's daughter's name is now. Maybe it's not even Metcalf. But never mind. Probably
1: not. People get married. and change I know she
0: probably so. has her dad's last name. I have no idea. That's just right. immediately <clears throat> who came in my mind.
1: Uh, Chriselle Staus. I don't know who that is. I had no idea. Selling Sunset. Uh,
0: Selling Sunset is that a TV show?
1: I guess so. I think they sell houses in LA. Oh, the only one of those I
0: watch is I. If it's not, I don't watch the the. The Bravo ones. I only like the HGTV ones. Love it or listen. I don't know, great I don't know
1: what channel these shows are on. <laughs> you uh, don't watch
0: television, that's why.
1: I watch sports. Uh, right. Justina Machado.
0: she related to Manny Machado? I don't know who that is either.
1: Something called One Day at a Time.
0: Oh, I think that's a soap opera. I don't watch that
1: shit. <laughs> Alright, uh, next here, where can we watch Vernon Davis?
0: Vernon Davis? That name sounds so familiar, but I can't remember. I can't picture him. Who is it? You're laughing. Who is it?
1: Uh, He's the tight end of the Super Bowl 15th and Denver Broncos.
0: Yep, nope, yep. I was like, I know that guy's name, but I was like trying to think of television shows. Nope, he's an athlete. I forgot that athletes do this, too.
1: Uh, Here we go. We're on a run of athletes now. Uh, Johnny Weir.
0: Oh, yeah, I know that guy. I'm surprised he hasn't been on uh, Dancing with the Stars more recently because he's a, a figure skater. And he yes. usually does the, um, the uh, what do you call it? The wrap-up shows on the Olympics now. Him and uh, um, the, feet, the chick there—I can't remember her name. Tara something.
1: Tara Reid. Tara. No, Pital. not Tara Reid. Tara Reid <laughs> wasn't a figure <laughs> skater. <laughs> Tara Reid's an actress. All right, uh, Char- was Tara Reid in Sharknado? I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know. I've never seen them.
1: Moving on here, Charles Oakley.
0: Charles Oakley is an athlete too, right? Yes. Yep.
1: He is a uh, former basketball star. I don't know basketball. Uh, Original basketball player in the big three.
0: If they weren't if they weren't on the Boston Celtics or were Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant or MJ, I don't know who they are. I really don't.
1: All right, let's go here. Monica Aldama. I don't think you're going to get this one. Something called Cheer, not Cheers. Not oh, Cheer. oh, oh!
0: That's a that's a Netflix show. I've never seen that either, but I've seen the, it, the promos come up every time I log into Netflix.
1: All right, AJ McLean. You have to be kidding me!
0: I <laughs> this is another athlete.
1: Uh, no, he's a member of the Backstreet Boys.
0: Oh, oh my God! I forgot the Backstreet Boys were a thing. I was I was an InSync girl. Justin Timberlake, Joey Fatone.
1: Good stuff. i yep Nellipo. Uh, yep. Next up, Nellie. You know Nellie. Nellie, I know Nellie. You know what
0: Nellie's best thing is? The Longest Yard. Have you seen Nellie in The Longest Yard? Nope. Adam Sandler. It's a remake of the original Longest Yard, but it's actually pretty good. I think
1: right. Courtney Cox is
0: in it too, I think. Weird stuff.
1: I have no you, idea who these people are. You don't know who Courtney
0: Cox is? She's Monica from Friends. How do you not know who Courtney Cox
1: is? I've never watched Friends.
0: Oh, oh my god! What the hell? What were you doing in the 90s then? I watched Friends and I was barely old enough to watch Friends.
1: I was very restricted on what I could actually watch Apparently. On TV. Gosh. Alright, next up here, Anne Hesh.
0: Anne Hesh? Is she a, like a news person?
1: Actress, but close okay, enough. Yeah, well,
0: I don't know All anything, right. clearly. Mm-hmm. I was wrong.
1: Uh, Caitlin Bristow.
0: Don't know who that is either.
1: Uh, apparently a bachelorette.
0: Ugh, I don't watch that either. I don't watch reality TV. I really don't. Sports is my reality television. And love it or list it. That's technically reality TV.
1: Big brother. That's all I got for trash TV. Ugh. All right. Uh, Genie Mai.
0: What? Genie Mai or G-N-I?
1: Is that G E A N N I E Genie. Yeah. my M-A-I. M-A-I. I
0: don't, I, 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 I'm going to say something. I, I don't know. I really don't.
1: Uh, the sideline person for holy moly.
0: I've never seen that either. See, I don't watch I te- I don't You've watch never... reality television. I
1: don't even watch Dancing with the Stars. i d <laughs> I'm trying out I'm gonna try out for that show. Yeah. Not Dancing with the Stars. Alright, and then finally here, one I know that you know. And is... this is
0: the only one I knew about. I'm very excited. Who is it? It's Carol Maskin.
1: <laughs> now I have no idea who this husband.
0: Woman is. We hacked him. <laughs> I
1: didn't she kill her husband or this,
0: something? <laughs> this is proof that John knows nothing about pop culture. Because we all sat in quarantine watching Tiger King, and John has never seen Tiger King. John finally saw doing. Hamilton. That's another pop culture thing that everyone had to watch during quarantine. But you still haven't seen Tiger King?
1: I still have, like, another year to go of quarantine. Here. Jo- uh, yeah,
0: well... First of all, Carol Baskin is a crazy person. I and I saw she apparently killed her husband. there There's no actual real evidence yet, but apparently the the police in Florida have reopened the investigation to her husband after this documentary came out.
1: So now I hope she gets arrested when she's dancing. It would
0: be amazing. I, how are they doing dancing with the Star's quarantine style anyways?
1: I mean, I'm guessing they probably had the
0: was it gonna be tumbles. a bubble?
1: Well, I'm guessing they had the couples in an apartment or something, because I know the professionals have to isolate themselves. Is Carol but... Baskin
0: going to leave the 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 zoo or whatever? She 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 doesn't have a zoo. She has a uh, a rescue center, whatever the hell you want to call it.
1: Maybe make the tiger a part of the uh, act. I think that would be better.
0: She she might have the tiger eat her partner, depending on who her partner is, because that's how she that's how she had her husband killed. She she fed his body to the tiger.
1: So wait, wait a second. You need to
0: watch this, John.
1: <laughs> she killed her husband. Yeah, and then she fed her husband to the tiger. That
0: is the working theory. Yes, that's For why you. no body was ever found.
1: That's some and then they like stuff they right like there. they
0: asked her about it in the documentary, and he was he was like, um, you couldn't the the tiger wouldn't eat a person unless you put sardine oil all over it. It was like, how would you know that if you haven't tried it?
1: <laughs> I mean, nowadays you can ask Siri anything.
0: Also, you gotta look up this woman's wedding photos. Not the husband she killed, but her current husband. It's great shit, man. You need to watch Tiger King.
1: Uh, I'll get around to it at some point. It's only
0: like eight episodes or something.
1: I don't have an attention span. Uh,
0: Clearly. I watched it. I I wasn't going to watch it originally. And I only watched it because Brian, one of our old co-hosts, insisted that i watch it because he had seen it before me and i sat there and watched the entire thing in one night because i could not stop watching it
1: well, i i i like do work you know once in a while just at once night a while.
0: I, I i work during the day as well but i still binge watch shit at night what are you doing
1: i sleep Ugh. have some snacks you know
0: sleeping is overrated and you can binge watch television and have snacks at the same time
1: just so you know. <laughs> listen it's very dangerous being me sometimes, but oh, is it? somehow, some way, we have made it through the debut podcast of Out of Bounds. Woohoo! All right. Well, I think we might be back. I have no idea. We'll find out we here. Maybe people will watch, comment, make fun of me for not watching Tiger King. We'll see. A, uh, a I feel like, you can...
0: c- considering that this was our first podcast that we we're like actually going to put out as a podcast, we probably should have like given an overview of who we are, the show.
1: We work in access tv yep that's about that's
0: john i'm mary that's all you need to know follow us on twitter
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) on that note maybe we'll have a more about you session come up on the next uh podcast here but yeah that's all for mary evers i'm john luck we'll uh, talk to you later